What we need right now is a clear message to the people of this country. This message must be read in every newspaper, heard on every radio, seen on every television. This message must resound throughout the entire interlink. I want this country to realize that we stand on the edge of oblivion. I want every man, woman and child to understand how close we are to chaos. I want everyone to remember why they need us. <laughs> the fuck is with this guy? Who is he? I'm your huckleberry. The decision of one man to launch a wholly unjustified and brutal invasion of Iraq. I mean, of Ukraine. Everybody knows you never go full retard. You went full retard, man. There's an old saying in Tennessee, I know it's in Texas, probably in Tennessee, that says, fool me once, shame on, shame on you. If fool me, we can't get fooled again. So you smart, huh? No. I thought your hair would be bigger. It says on your chart that you're fucked up. Uh, you talk like a fag, and your shit's all retarded. So, just chill out. You know, drink a 7-Up, eat a moon pie, quit murdering people. You have smoked yourself retarded. It's a big club. And you ain't in it. I got hairy legs that turn that 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 that, that turn uh, um, blonde in the sun. And the kids used to come up and reach in the pool and rub my leg down, so it was straight. And then watch the hair come back up again. What is your major malfunction, num nuts? And welcome to the Monday Night Master Debaters. Is it is wild out there again, guys? What do we got? We got after seven and a half months, the Nashville Shooters Manifesto was released. The trans transgender shooter, I must add, uh, and we're learning why it's full of white supremacy and hate for white people, and it didn't f- fit their narrative. So, again. We called it. It was one of those that if it if it fit the narrative, it would have came out right away. It didn't, so it doesn't. Now we got protests all over America supporting Palestine, and they're defacing the shit out of statues, which I find kind of funny. And the leading uh, comment on the statues is, as you would guess, fuck Joe Biden, which is <laughs> brilliant because I think that's just the, the this era, but Again, he's just a dummy figurehead. And then, oh, the other thing that was funny is, I don't know if you guys saw this, but the Time magazine put Zelensky on the cover and basically just called out all the laundering and how they have no accountability for the money. And basically, he's just same bullshit that we all called. So it's it's another day in the uh, quote-unquote conspiracy world where... You know, you if there was a scoreboard up there, one side would would be heavily scoring. I mean, this is like I don't know if you guys saw that either, though, uh, the women's soccer team that challenged the men's soccer team to a match <laughs> and just got absolutely destroyed. And that's kind of the way I look at this whole, uh, 
you know, quote unquote conspiracy theories versus the mainstream lately. I mean, it's just, it's lopsided. So with that said, we got a fun one tonight. I got the two Ryans with me as usual and our good friend from down under Drew Misson from You're Missing the Point and my favorite movie review, Conspiracy Theater 3000. Hey, before we say, I got to ask you a question. Do you release the inform- the Instagram post before the episode? Because that messes with I- me hard on those conspiracy theater. Because it's like you release the post like for the Halloween one. And then like a week later, I get the episode. Um, I try to release it like the, a couple of days before and then the episode should come out. We've got some kind of an issue where our own RSS feed for the show isn't gaining as much traction as what it is when it's released on our own individual feeds. So I don't know. I think it's the same issue that Ryan ran into when Ryan started his um, UFC one. He ended up yeah. amalgamating it into his just general feed. So it might go down that route eventually. But yeah, it is what it is. Seems yeah. to be picking up numbers when it's on our own individual feeds. But yeah, I that see why that's an issue. That's such a fun show, man. I love what you guys do over there. It's so cool because these are all movies that everybody's seen but they miss a lot of the stuff. And one of my favorite things is your breakdown of the names. Like that is the coolest part because it's something I've been oblivious to, you know, your whole life. You just assume, ah, you know, it's just a character. But then when you dig into it, 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 it's another layer to the movie. And I love that, that would, what you guys do over there. Yeah. It's it's something that's, I never, ever thought was that in depth in films. And either it's deliberately done by screenwriters as a, maybe a method or a tool for furthering the story and the tale that they're trying to communicate, or it's just something they're putting in like an Easter egg that they don't think people will actually notice. Either way, it's fun trying to figure it out. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for joining us, my friend. Uh, Ryan, I, I saw your book reviews lately. Um, d- what was the one you posted this morning? That one... I, I got to get my hands on that one. It's the uh, the one that was pretty controversial. Um, well, I posted two this morning. One of them was the, uh, the it's a flat earth book. Let me yes. just pull it up. Can't remember the name. It's from my friend, Brian, uh, Brian, big country bender. He is one of the hosts of the whiskey, beer and conspiracies podcast. Yes, he is. And yeah, he put this book out. It's called pawns in a game, the flat motionless earth. That's it. Okay. Cause I've been looking, I, 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 okay. It's big country's book. Good. I'm going to put a link to that in here. Oh, he actually wrote it. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I said too. Good on him for actually writing it. You know, we, I'm not bashing any of us here, but we, we do a lot of podcasts. We do a lot of talking, but to me, it's not real until it's in a book. It's yeah. That's pretty cool. How man. I feel. Oh yep. yeah. No, it adds it, a layer of legitimacy to it, you know, but I, again you have to put that little asterisk next to it though because there's a lot of books out there that are shit and you know that firsthand from all the reading that you do yeah that's my biggest problem with the conspiracy genre as a whole is that most of our books suck they suck even by some of our most prominent authors like david ike who i'm you know scared to even say the name for fear of being associated with (laughs) but his names are are right in the sense that they're they're well researched and stuff but they're so rambly and condescending that 
just as an outsider, objective book reader, book reviewer, they're really, really off-putting. They could have been cut into a third, basically cut out all the rambling, just stick to the facts. Yep. Yeah, David Ike probably talks about his soccer games like half the time when he's talking about conspiracy. Yeah, his books are hard to read, man. They're all over the place. And I just hate the rambliness. When are we going to wake up? You know, when you know the people who are reading are already awake, like stop, yeah, yeah. stop talking down to me. Stop talking as if I didn't know this. When are we going to stop doing this? You know, just it's condescending. That's my biggest criticism with all the conspiracy genre. Very, very few authors respect their audience enough and don't treat them like an idiot. Well, even look back at Eric Von Daniken's Chariots of the Gods. That was a big conspiracy book in its time and got some kind of mainstream traction around it. But ultimately, it's an entire book of just asking questions and very little substance. <laughs> yeah, I haven't read it, but the, yeah. I don't know if we want That's to the whole thing the is I'm just asking questions. Thing. Yeah, right? That's it. I'm just asking That's questions. Lame. I don't read a book to get questions. I read a book to get answers. Yeah, right. exactly. That's what I hated about it. I'm like, oh, yeah, this might be worth a read. People seem to bang on it about it for like 40 odd years and it's a whole lot of questions. It'd be an interesting idea for a book calling it just asking questions and it's like zero questions asked in the book just all facts (laughs) like yeah like all statements all facts whether they're true facts or not but and you you kind of theme it like a conspiracy book i've wanted to write a book for so long but it's like man i don't have any time writing kind of sucks if you're doing it for a long time yeah it's it takes dedication right it's like going to the gym you got to put in a little bit of time every day and gradually do it especially you know like us we have full-time jobs you know so it's not like you you can just not take a week and just write it's like no you gotta you gotta make time for it you gotta sit down go through the exercise because i've thought about it too and i've gotten to the point where i've had an outline for a book and got to that point, but I couldn't break that barrier of sitting down and actually doing it. And you'd be is. surprised what you can get done with a good 15, 30 minutes a day. Yep. You know, that's the best advice I can give. Very few people will get it done. If you need a whole week to do it or need a whole month to do it, like, well, I'm going to go rent a cabin and be there for a month. You're going to dawdle away, you know, 95% of the time you do 15, 30 minutes a day. It gets done gradually page after page after page. And it might take a few years, but it is one of the most amazing things I've ever done, at least in terms of feeling like it feels good. Like, wow, I finished a book, you know, and then it helps you get your thoughts out. It helps you get your theory out. And it in a way makes you make sense of it as well. There's just something weird about putting something on paper. And I know we're, we're typing on a computer, but it's even better in, in your hand form, even just writing out that outline. If you do it by hand, yeah, something about that helps you get your thoughts in order and we need it, guys. We need we need more books. This is a big thing. There's lots of people, all this nonsense that's going on in the world. And most of us here, we probably believe it's all BS. There's plenty of people cranking out books on this and they're making it real in the process of writing books about it. They're literally writing history, you know, about Ukraine. And right now there's going to be a whole bunch of books coming out about what's going on in Palestine. And it's creating a fake narrative and it's creating a fake history. And there's so few of us on the alternative side who actually produce media that will live on to counter the narrative, to counter the history. Future historians need something else to look back on and say, hey, wait a minute. There were people questioning this in their time. It wasn't, we weren't all just stupid accepting what we were told. 
we got to go to the extreme and just start putting on stone tablets. That way it just yeah. lasts for generations. No questions asked. Just one version. That's it. Yep. Because you're not That's- shipping that thing. <laughs> yeah it's not moving anywhere it'll probably be like one of those stones at Thalback that's just a massive stone in order to write a full story on it but like the georgia guide stones but for truth yes except you have them in your garden in the front of the house as a display <laughs> yeah like that everybody else has we believe in science and all that no borders and all that bullshit signs you see in the liberal households oh it's amazing yeah, dude, that, that is, it would actually be kind of interesting to do like a Coral Castle type thing, right? Yeah. And instead of just that, it's just massive, just words where people go around and read it and everyone is obsessed with it. That's, I mean, you're probably onto something with that idea. That's pretty well, interesting. Well, that's why, like, I, I, I used to be fascinated by cave paintings until you realize right. that the majority of them are just bullshit. Like, why weren't cave paintings discovered until the 1800s? You know, like there was this, it's like dinosaur bones. There was this boom all of a sudden in the early 1800s in all this stuff that had never been discovered before. It's like, okay, for thousands of years, not one was discovered. You know, they didn't happen to find one T-Rex skull or, you know, one T-Rex, you know, skeleton. Think maybe we might want to do something with this. Nah. They didn't have the technology. Exactly. Exactly. There was no one digging back then before the 1800s. They couldn't blend up the chicken bones quick enough to make more <laughs> into the cast. That's why. Uh, <laughs> it's it's just it's funny. You you listen to the stories and it's just like you can't believe anything. And that's why I agree with you, Ryan, in the sense that we do need to put more of these out there. One of the issues, though, and this is one of the things that pisses me off with all these people you know, these COVID apologists that are coming out now and saying, well, we were we were wrong, but at least we were trying. We tried our best. It's it's like, no, that's that's not the right answer, because you silenced many people that had the same information that you did and called them crazy. You know, you shame them. You, you called them all sorts of names. You tried to take away their livelihood it's it's that that's the difficult part of this is is that other side when the media and everything is so one-sided to produce this sometimes on a large scale is not possible either in this system so you have to find alternative routes to to publish things and get things out there well you're right it has to be self-published there's no other option you will not get any major publishing house I have some kind of relationships with several publishers now. They send me books to, to review and stuff. There's no way they'll publish any of my books. The relationship is one way, you know, and even if you get it out there, even if it sells a million copies, it, it just will never be on the news or anything like that. They won't give it play unless it serves their purpose. And this clearly doesn't, but that's okay. There's tons and tons of demand for alternative information. Obviously, we see this on YouTube. We see this on all of our podcast platforms. I see it. Everyone who's ever bought any of my books or follows us on Instagram and stuff, they're hungry for alternative health information, alternative history information, alternative views, because they know the mainstream is just mush, useless mush. I've always thought about like 
trying to play the game and make up the most left-wing socialist kind of kids' picture storybook and see if they can get it published. And then when it's famous, go, I don't actually believe in any of this and I played you really hard. Like Tiffany, the trans girl in her fight against COVID anti-vaxxers. <laughs> Something well, ridiculous have you seen like that. Like, have you Problem seen is like they the- would never play you. They would never play your apology or whatever. You're, you're admitting <laughs> it. Like, they would just bury that. <laughs> You would go down in history as the the famous trans author. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of what the uh, what the left does. It seems like they do a lot of this because uh, when you look into like these these young right wing quote unquote activists, um, they're all funded by the left. Man, like Candace Owens. I tried to actually record this episode, you know, last Friday, and. Um, you know, talked a little bit about like these these cases of like missing kids at Disneyland that I came across that were kind of interesting um, and then started getting into this uh, this idea of the this modeling agency explore talent that is behind Candace Owens and Marjorie Taylor Greene and uh, that whore. I forget that girl's name, Lauren Boebert, like all these different like just skanks and just horrible like you wouldn't want someone to look up to these women you know if you had a daughter um there's a couple other ones out there too but they're all behind uh or they're all affiliated rather with this talent agency so they're all actors they're all i mean out there there's a a neo-nazi guy that's not a nazi at all because his wife is jewish you know what i mean it's like how are you going to be a neo-nazi if you know you're married to a jew it's the same thing with don lemon how he talks about how evil white women are and, white men, or white men. Sorry, yeah, white people. And he's married to a white dude, you know. So yeah. these people are all actors or propaganda. Same thing with peddlers. AOC. So Don Lemon loves oppression in society the white and oppression in the bedroom, though. That's clearly his kink. He likes oppression in the bedroom by a white. Maybe, yeah. but I mean, I don't know, man. I, that's a good idea, though, to go out there and just pump the worst message possible and identify as a lefty, right? Yep. Because yeah, that's what that's it. what the rights do. It's a get out of jail free card right now. You know, you can say and do anything as long as you fly that flag. They'll let you do just about anything. Which, yeah. Have you guys seen this? I came across this today and I've seen, you know, more and more of those AI profiles on Instagram. And a lot of them are females and a lot of them are like the the influence. But these are actual influencers with like hundreds of thousands of followers that are AI reproductions of celebrities. And supposedly it's some effort between celebrities and these AI companies to do this going forward. Check this out. And I'm like, what the heck is this? There's like 100,000 people following this account. It's verified. And everything in the corner says this image was generated by AI. Meta has teamed up with multiple celebrities to roll out these AI Instagram accounts that are so freakishly realistic. It honestly makes me want to like punch myself in the face. And I didn't know that they were teaming up with celebrities before I saw this so I thought they were like ripping off the image and likeness of celebrities no they have actually paid these celebrities this is what these accounts look like this is called your sis Billy AI managed by meta it's your local ride or die girl who lives in New York City chatting with me is like having an older sister you can talk to but who can't steal your clothes obviously looks exactly like Kendall Jenner so I'm like did you just rip off the image and likeness of Kendall Jenner 
I am here to chat whenever you want. Message me for any advice. I am ready to talk and I hope to talk to you soon. And if you look in the corner, there's this like weird little watermark. It says imagined by AI. I'm restarting Gilmore Girls again. Ha ha ha. Hashtag imagined with AI. Okay, so the, the watermark isn't on the other selfie. Interesting. So is this actually a picture? That's, uh, that'd be, that's fascinating. Of Kendall Jenner. And, and then does that lead to the tech companies saying, we are the only ones who will be the arbitrators of what is real and what is not. Right. It will be denoted by this small little badge in the corner. If you see the badge, then it's definitely fake. And if you don't see the badge, it's definitely real. Wild. I don't know what to, you know, it gets us to that point where you start questioning everything, you know, everything could be faked. It gets back to the deep fake concept. And now you, you throw a whole new level into it with the AI generated stuff. You know, I really hope that this whole, because it, it's becoming everywhere. It's, you know, I've seen uh, AI generated images in both the Israeli side and the Palestinian side of this uh, conflict, supposedly. My wife hates it when you call it a conflict. It's not a conflict, it's a genocide. I hope the overabundance of AI just causes people to give up on social media when the internet, it already has become inundated with bots, fake comments, fake likes people with basically fake followings, all this stuff, it is going to get to a point where people say, you know what, this is just lame. It's just super lame. Even the real people, you know, doing all the filtering and stuff. It's like, it's not even real life anyways. Now you've got genuine AI taking over. What's the fun? What is, what is the point here? I think even 12 year olds are going to be like, you know, what? this is lame. Let's throw a Frisbee around. I think the problem has been, this has been the issue with the screen since the inception of the television. There's always been a level of trust in it when we even watch the news. Like there might have been a car pile up on uh, Route 66 and 20 people could have died. Well, unless you actually see that with your eyes in person, how do you know it's real beyond the images on the screen? And I think all this AI stuff is doing now is removing that level of trust that we traditionally always had with media to a certain extent. Because we always had to trust the image because it was from a news source. Yep. But unless we see it with our own eyes, how can we verify it actually happened or not? Well, social media is kind of the the anti-establishment, if you think about it, in a way, because it's the way to under undercut the media, in a sense. Because one of the things that you are seeing, like like Ryan said, you're seeing fake images out of both sides. But one of the things now that they're showing you is how they got to those images, right? They'll show a car, they'll show them blow, you know, two guys come in, blow up the car, drive away. And then a bunch of people come in and lay down on the ground and they're, they're actors, right? They're playing a part, but then they film the scene and only show you that, that certain real two second clip on the news. So you see a bunch of bodies laying around a car on fire. Okay. You assume a bomb went off and that's the game they play. And that's, Another layer of it, when you get after World War II and Drew, they've done a masterful job, like you said, of of, of making the screen. It, it's like Orwell, right? I mean, there's this power to the screen and, and to anyone who appears on it, right? Like they're a trusted source. Like they're, they're supposed to have your respect if they made it on the screen. And it's like, wait a second. Some of these people are the biggest degenerates out there. Why Why are they the ones that we're worshiping, you know, or that we're supposed to listen to a trusted source, like they would say. But social it's media was supposed to be our refuge, and it's just, it's not. 
you know, YouTube, first of all, it used to have no ads. Then it had like these ghetto ads that people would make themselves. And now it's TV commercials. Same thing on Instagram. Instagram is full of TV commercials, basically. It's full of commercial BS. It's full of AI. And the real people on it act fake. <laughs> you know, it's not even their their real life. I mean, there, there is somewhat of a trend of authenticity. YouTube, Brian. There's 30 minute ones on there sometimes, too. Oh, I know. It's insane because sometimes I play it in the background while I'm doing something. And right. I'm like, what am I watching? It's a 40 minute commercial. And I can't skip. And I'm just yeah. like, okay, I guess I'm listening to this commercial for the next 20 minutes. You get a full sermon on a commercial sometimes. It's wild, dude. It's crazy. I thought I was watching a documentary about Colgate and it just ended up being an ad for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, it's nuts. Isn't it funny how that the media in the news got caught out when it came to like reporting live from the scene? And we see it a lot where there might be a flood zone and the reporter's sitting in a dinghy, the flood levels are so high, and then in the background there's two guys with waders walking past. Like they've been <laughs> catching themselves out and they don't even know it. And then we see like the advent of AI and social media where the average person can film what's happening from the other side, like you said, um, Matt, about the setup for the shot where the actors come in and they lay down. What's to say that media hasn't been doing this on broader scale, large scale national issues instead of international foreign wars, air quotes? They have. There's nothing to say they have. They've been doing this forever. Absolutely. Green screens. They've been using green screen tech for a long time. And, And there's video, you know, you can check them out on the interwebs of how they do it. And they'll take a a scene and they did it in the Ukraine war in the beginning. It was almost like a movie. They, they had a crowd of people in a, a street and they had them all run away. And then what they do in the background, they put a bomb going off. And these all people, all these people eventually were running from an explosion based on the green screen tech. And so it's something that you see. And, and I think they've used it in, in a lot of things going as far back as, you know, I mean, look at the moon landing. That was, I think the, the first major one. I mean, I, I question a lot of the war footage now from World War II. You know, a lot of that stuff. You look at it and you're like, wow, that's just. There's 100% stage photos in in World War II. I featured this in Wag the Dog Theory Part 4 in the Holocaust section there where they did. They took many real photos and they made them look like war crimes. It was just like two guys hanging out smiling and they put a hanging Jew next to them. You know, just we have the original photographs. This is not really controversial you should assume that things have been faked as far back as cameras have been invented even and that's another thing ryan that's a great point because i hear a lot of people say well you know they didn't have photoshop back then but yes they had photo manipulation and they've been able to manipulate photos since they've been able to take photos and and you know one of the things that i got into heavily in in my old world research was the they, they vanilla skied a lot of pictures where they would, and you could see where at the line on the building, they would trace it and take out whatever was in the sky or take out whatever was in the background and, and focus on a certain thing. And so photo manipulation has been around for hundreds of years at this point. It's even it the manipulation of just using a photo from somewhere else. So Ryan, like the, one of the most famous Auschwitz photos is from a gulag in Russia in Siberia. Yep. And they just picked it up and they used it as a part of that propaganda. And it's yeah. proven now. Or piles of dead Germans. The- Germans yeah. killed in Dresden. All of a sudden, they become dead Jews in, in the propaganda machine. Yeah, you wonder about those time because you know how time always does like the pictures of the year or whatever. It's like almost all of those have to be fake at that point after you Absolutely. start realizing that, right? 
Absolutely. If it comes from the time company, anything within the time umbrella, you should consider it propaganda. Oh, for sure. Yeah, they're they're uh, you know, Pilgrim Society founders and stuff. Like it's that a, whole AP, you know, associated yeah. press. Anything that comes out of there, it's it's all nonsense. I mean, do you remember all- watching like TBS programs as a kid? And it was like <laughs> this portion of the show is brought to you by Halliburton. Yeah, and you're watching Wishbone. You know, like the little dog <laughs> running around. It's Sesame like the Street trilateral brought to you commission. by the war machine, you know? Yeah, it's wild. Like, you didn't really realize what that was. You're just like, I'll oh, get these shitty commercials over with. I want to see the dog. Yep. And now it's like, damn, dude, that shit really was sponsored by the trilateral commission. Council on foreign relations. They're showing these commercials or just like the ad, you know, just say like, this is brought to you by this group. And uh, yeah, man, it, it's nuts to to think back about that. Freaking Zoom. Zoom was my show, dude. Zoom. Apparently, <laughs> remember Zoom? I well, no, I because I do, but I don't. I, my mom used to babysit a kid and he watched it. So I remember it being good, on dude. the background. Taught you how to do crafts and all this stuff, but I didn't realize it was part of the military industrial complex. <laughs> kind of wild. Let's build a claymore. Yeah. Like we can, uh, we're going to do paper mache and in the next kid, we're going to show you how to make mustard gas. Okay, well, you guys know, and everyone who's listening should always keep in mind and remember that the internet itself is made from the industrial military complex. You know, right, this dark is a dark. government project. It always was. And so we had this moment where it felt like this was just uh, freedom and, and just, just regular people, but they've totally taken it over, right? You guys are talking about the Associated Press. Well, now they've just made it look like there is this sort of free underground press on social media, and it's not. It's like 80% of it is controlled op is ai is whatever just and who fake is narrative and and just so people know who is a lot of the founders of these institutions it's it's all the paperclip people right that a lot of the heads of these organizations that started all this stuff were the nazis that were brought over from germany directly to to function in the united states government which is just yeah, you had outrageous. a lot of the- yeah and then the the that pilgrim society is really profound when it comes to like running media they're like i I think i might have said tbs before but it was pbs you know and yeah that's another thing that's confusing too is how they you know the alphabet people the cia the fbi well now you got cbs and cnn and all these other things that are part of the alphabet organizations too google right but yeah man it's uh it's interesting to think about that, dude. Just, I mean, it, you know, people should look into the Pilgrim Society if they're not familiar when it comes to the propaganda, because they are, like I said, just profound with the way that they do things. Oh, absolutely. I'll never watch Wishbone the same way again. Thanks, Ron. Well, hey, the more you know, you know, Wishbone <laughs> still holds up, by the way. <laughs> Good show. Well, speaking of which, if you guys want to want to talk about like elementary school, I didn't realize this shit until I uh, I've heard it a lot in the last two weeks. But about our textbooks and the ties to uh, Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell. Blow your mind. In 1989, the McGraw-Hill textbooks, you know, the ones we all had in school, our history books, they did all of our books. They formed a joint partnership with Robert Maxwell, Jill Zane Maxwell's dad. You know, Epstein's pimp, Gilzane. Why don't we know how to say her name? Gilzane, Gilzane, the one who went and got all the girls. Her dad was part of a joint partnership with McGraw-Hill textbooks to push them into all of our schools. 
the pen is mightier than the sword. What an easy way to rewrite history, put a certain history or a certain narrative into the minds of kids. We've been mind programmed. I think school was like mind programming, like 12 years of mind programming. The longest unpaid job we'd ever have. 40 hours a week, five days a week. This is exactly what it's like after you graduate. It's like training for it. And then if you really get scammed, like I did, you go to college and you pay for your mind programming. You pay for your pen is mightier than the sword. Then you get in debt. The pen is mightier than the sword and it's a lot cheaper. It's a lot cheaper. There's no need to even fight wars with swords anymore. Just write it all out. Script it with a pen. Put it on the news. Create a psyop. Stage a war. Create a pandemic. Script it out. Get the media to talk about it. The truth really is stranger than fiction. Dude, that chick is crazy looking. Uh, and verifiably crazy. Too. Is she actually crazy? I don't. Uh, yeah, in in the little I've listened to her. Yeah, little dude little out there. Like I like watch because I actually someone sent me for cunt for the news show someone sent me a clip of her and i watched it and i agree with what she's saying in most of her clips but man it, it sucks being so jaded and like just looking at everyone and then like why is this platform so big you know what i mean i understand tiktok blows a lot of like mediocre content up but as far as i know she doesn't have a podcast maybe she does yeah i don't know does. if she's been doing this does she yeah yeah so I don't know if she's been doing it for a long time or anything like that, but it's hard in like a, a clouded or a, a crowded, you know, oversaturated market, the conspiracy market, right? Everyone's freaking doing conspiracy shows. It's hard to really stand out. And when these shows like hers do, it's it's interesting to me. You know what I mean? Like, why is all this information pumped out there now? And it's just allowed to be out there. You know what I mean? To me, it's it's well, always suspicious. Well, there's government operations in my own country that are open source funding that you can get from the government. In my state, it's called Vic Screen, where you can apply to the state government to get up to $500,000 to fund your own media outlet, which could be a blog, could be a YouTube channel, could be a podcast. You have to get signed off by someone who works within media to give you like the authority, okay, you can you can work with the government. But you have to hit the government talking points. So it depends on what government's in at the time. And you can get up to $500,000 to do it. So I'm looking at a lot of high-profile people within the truther community in my own state and country and going, that explains why they blew up overnight. They've got the money to pay for the bots. They've got the government to back them to get the numbers up. Because they're not talking about anything that hasn't been spoken about before. Right. Other people aren't doing better. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, just like <laughs> like you can see that lady, how she's talking. Obviously, she's reading a script, but I I read when I do my solo episodes. I'm reading like shit that I wrote. You know what I mean? Going off notes. Um, Matt, you probably do similar stuff, right? I mean, it, you're not just able to sit there and memorize your shit and then just go for two hours. So, yeah, like I get reading, but that's a two minute clip and she's got to read her points. You know what I mean? Like it's an interesting thing. And I'm not saying that she's lying or that she's, you know, controlled opposition because it gets exhausting. To say that everyone is, but just like you get a vibe from people. Yeah. You know, well, and like there's certain people too judge. that give off that vibe that they, you know, they or they give off the, the notion that they know more than they do. Right. And that they <laughs> have inside sources and they have connections to this and they they're privy to this information that, you know, for a small fee, they'll share it with you. 
You know, those are the people that I'm always like real leery of. And and like you say, a lot of the times, those are some of the people that grow really fast, too, um, and do get a big following. And you wonder where it comes from and if it's actually authentic or if it's generated, you know, if it's bots and just fake numbers, because that's possible, too. It doesn't the, the, the numbers don't matter in the end. You know, that's what they're they're just looking at the bottom line. They don't care what those are generated by. So, well, there was another one that I saw too, another female blonde lady talking about psyops, you know, but you could tell that she was given talking points because she was referring to a single psyop as psyops. She was like, this is a total psyops. Yeah. And it's like, you don't even know what you're talking about right now. Well, that's that whole generation, though, Ryan, I see that a lot with these people. It's. If you go on to TikTok, there's certain people that have a video on everything. You know, they've done they've done a video uh, and and they're well produced on right. everything. And it's like, well, how did you get all this information? Who's giving this to you? Why? There's a couple guys, and not to not to call them out, but like a couple like Nigerian type guys that like are just doing this every day, new, 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 new. And and they're, they're it's good content, but it's like where's it coming from? It can't be original. Are you talking about that guy that does the like this is crazy? That one like dude that I forget he's got like a tagline. No, that guy's that guy's from England. That's the bully okay. slayer. Yeah, he's from yeah, England. He's I actually, I, I've had some interactions with him. He's he's a cool, he's a funny dude. Yeah, um, sometimes sometimes you find that it's taught like you said they've got videos and everything, Matt, but. It seems to me that a lot of people just figure out the algorithms and they seem how to they know how to game the system. Like you look at a lot of people that are on Twitter, they use impression farming. So they deliberately be the first person to comment on big accounts so yes. that their comment gets all the uplifted. They get heaps of follows from it. They know not to put links in their feed because it gets down boosted. People learn how to gain the system and work out that they can get the most impressions, the most clicks. And it comes across in the information they try to give out. Like Ryan said, you can tell they don't really know the topic at all, but they know what topics are trending. And then they use that to try and boost their platform. But I wonder where they get the information from, Drew, because some of them have pretty decent information. But you can tell, like you said, they have no clue what they're talking about. Like, where are they getting this this data from? And that because that's my thing. Some of the it's some subjects that I've never even really heard of. So I I start questioning, okay, is this real or is this an AI thing? And so I go and research, okay, this is real. Why haven't I heard about this? You know, it's just it's one of those things that you wonder where the source is that they're getting all of this information for all these and they're a wide range of topics, you know, from health to history to current events and they're always out there right and the other thing is they're out there right away you know they have they have videos up there instantly on some of this stuff like the you know the big uh ukraine was one and then uh the middle east stuff was another one where people were having these videos up instantly you know within a couple hours they had these well-produced videos with all sorts of clips and stuff it's like okay Interesting. One of the the TikToker uh, Ukraine influencers, the people that was talking about how we need to help Ukraine, was the son of the dude that was on the phone with Trump about Zelensky. Like, I forget the guy's name, but there was like it's it was well known. I'll see if I can find it real quick. But it's like, what are the odds of that, dude? You know what I mean? Like that this kid's just a TikTok phenomenon. And then, you know, 
his dad is affiliated with the deep state in Ukraine. Well, it's like yeah. that's that's the same thing as like how music was connected like that, like with Jim Morrison and his dad. Now it's like TikTok. Like the real stars are freaking influencers rather than, you know, shitty musicians that aren't even writing their own music. Uh, let's see. I'll find this guy real quick. Well, and the other the thing I found thing interesting I- is, is the more you look into Hollywood, the inbreeding that takes place there and the um, oh shit, like the preference that these actors children get. Right. It's, it's a modern day monarchy, isn't it? You look at Hollywood, well, they, it's like a tiny little kingdom. And they hide it too, Drew. How do they hide it? They change their names, mm-hmm. right? They Because you have um, Charlie Sheen and Emilio Estevez are both sons of Martin Sheen. They're brothers, but they have two different names. You would never know that. They don't even really look that alike, but they're brothers. And it's like, holy shit, man. But that's what they do. They play this game with the names. And gee, where do we see that? We don't see that with any bloodline families, do we? Like the, I mean, the Queen of England herself that just passed. She, they were Sax Kochbergs. Yeah, man, this is this dude. Aaron not to jump Parnas. in, but yeah, this Aaron Parnas. Yeah, his dad Lev was at yep. the center of the Trump Ukraine scandal, and he's a pro-Ukrainian influencer on TikTok. Um, this is him right here. But yeah, dude, this dude's just going out there and. Talking about how we need to support Ukraine no matter the cost. And uh, this dude was affiliated. His dad specifically was was at the center of this stuff um, to get Joe Biden investigated. Um, Yeah, but this dude starts racking up millions of followers on TikTok. It's like, I don't know, man, that stuff should be suspicious. And and not just because you're anti or pro Ukraine, but it's just like. Like, where's the influence coming from? You know, it's clearly being bought. So, well, it'd it's almost like, it'd be like the Palestine videos. Right. And it was coming out and you found out that the kid had a dad who's in Mossad. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's it's the same shit. It's like, OK, this is obviously propaganda, but they're doing it under a disguise. And that's that's how they've operated. You know, and people are finally starting to see this. And like we talked about before, the screen is losing its luster now. Right. It's not as respected as it used to be. It still has way more respect than it deserves, but it's taken a hit lately. And now they want to blame us and say it's our fault for spreading dis- misinformation that people distrust them, who is the biggest source of misinformation, you know, and it's this round and round we go. But it's insanely profitable for the approved people because yeah, it's almost like the early 1900s when there was writers that would get paid by the word to write short stories. Like L. Ron Hubbard would just bump, hump out so many words of dribbling shit just to get a bigger paycheck. And now we're almost seeing that with small TikTok videos. Pump out as many TikTok videos as you can, as many tweets, as much as you can put out to try and not only push the message, but they're getting paid by the 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 products they produce, which is most of the time absolute propaganda garbage. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. That's uh and, and it's true because well what's crazy is I'll play I want to play a couple minutes of this. I I I this video here is from 1968 and it's on uh from the BBC and what's it called again? I want to give the name of it because people were asking it's uh it was a show on the bbc called 30 minute shorts in 1968 
So what we have here is, let me share it. It's like the who's who of propaganda. It kind of gives you like, it's one of those where it's like, did they really just say that? I mean, because it's kind of the 68 on BBC behind the curtain. This is a year before the fake moon landing. They've told everybody. They relieve themselves of their karmic responsibility. Because if you tell people and you make it available, you're not trapping people. It's consent. This wasn't made by a bunch of truthers. This is the fucking BBC. Told you this. So here you go. This is from You're going to make this happen. No. We are going to make models much cheaper. And we photograph the models. Fake newsreels. That's fake newsreels. For the past 10 years, people have been looking at our fake newsreels and listening to our fake commentaries. And they accept it for the truth. And you can do it. Stop a hundred people in the street. How many of them have actually seen a missile or a satellite? That they, they're just told they exist and they believe it. Yeah, you're getting there. I knew you would. You didn't really believe there were all these things whizzing about up there, did you? Uh, Sputniks and rockets. <laughs> Astronauts crossing their legs for eight days. How long has this been going on? Since Hiroshima. And, and the H-bomb, you mean, that doesn't work either? Right. Dirty. Very, very dirty. What was your first reaction? Relief. Oh, yes. Yes, it has to be relief. You say you can put out what pictures you like on television. Doesn't anybody try to stop you? No, nobody wants to. 99.386% of the population wouldn't believe this conversation. And the rest are working for us. And they're the top minds, the really responsible people. Scare an ostrich, buries its head in the sand. You scare a hedgehog, it rolls itself up into a ball. When a woman's frightened, she goes out and buys herself a hat. You mean you scare us so that we'll buy more, so that so that money moves quicker, production moves up? We don't say scare when we talk about human beings. We say uh, threaten them emotionally. And there are all sorts of ways, of do not just the big ones like the hydrogen bomb. Overcrowd them a little with bad planning. Sell them too many motor cars, anything to keep them a little bit removed from reality. Nowadays, people don't work for money. They work for the idea of money. They don't even love for love. They love for the idea of love. Yeah. Who are those guys talking? It's it's from that show that I was saying from 1968. It is okay. uh it's called 30 Minute Shorts and it was on the BBC Nation. It's uh Donald uh Pliacence and Nigel Davenport. Yeah, man, that's great. You can show that to people that don't believe in any of the shit that we talk about and they probably still wouldn't get sold on it they'll be like well what who put those guys up to saying that you know yeah yeah and That's this nuts. is and this is why i keep saying to people like go back and listen like you're gonna they're gonna tell you this stuff but it's not gonna be like blatant all the time you have to go find these little shows here and there these little clips and things like that and they give you the information you need. Now, 
Like you said, right. They're going to say, oh, well, it's just a show. It's movie. It's fake. Right, well, how right. come you believe all the other stuff? Why is that that less real than any anything else that you see on the news? The conditioning, man. The conditioning is so, I mean, it's so, think about like how, how horrible it is for people that have a, kids, you know, that have worked up through the system. And obviously, you know, you have kids and, or you have a kid. Um, but for all, so many people, dude, it's scary to think that like no one with, that's more powerful than us is looking out for us. Well, and look at this. This just came out today. This is new emails that show officials at the Department of Homeland Security created a Stanford University disinformation group that censored American speech before the 2020 election, according to the House Judiciary Committee. So it it it's basically saying that the you know the DHS and the um cyber what is it, CISA CISA and this is all stuff that Matt Taibbi talked about in the Twitter files too these groups all came together to shut down any discussion that had any dissent against the narrative and people wanted to say you were crazy for this back then and that you know, it was misinformation. Well, no. How come now it's proven to be a lot of it real? You know, and there is the you see these stories, right? And they put out these blockbuster stories, but then you see the narrative turn. And we saw it with COVID. We saw it with Dr. Fauci, where all of a sudden it was okay to criticize and question. But in the heart of it, right? Like you look at the lab leak, right? If you question the lab leak, you're censored, shut down. You're called racist in a, in a lot of places. Um, then you get to things like BLM. That was another one where when it was hot and heavy, you couldn't criticize it. You couldn't say anything against it. Then all of a sudden when, you know, cooled down a little bit and Biden didn't want to see him anymore. Now you could call them out for their money laundering, you know, and it's, it's these little things. Now you're seeing it with Ukraine, right? Like I said before, there was a time magazine cover that started kind of showing you some of the chinks in the armor and how they don't know where this money went and probably where these weapons went. And it's it's these things that now it's okay to criticize it a little bit or question it. But in the initial part where we are right now in the Middle East, you can't even question it. Or you're, you know, the biggest one right now, which I find is a joke, is, is you know, you even question Israel, you're an anti-Semite. Sorry, that's it. It's the only argument they had. And I, I just got finished watching uh, Jimmy Dore and there was a, an interview on RT News and it was Norman Finkelstein, obviously of 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 a certain persuasion, against another gentleman. And the other gentleman was was arguing for Israel, and he called Finkelstein an anti-Semite. That was because he ran out of he ran out of argument points. So he goes, "Oh well, you just not must not like me because I'm I'm Jewish." And he's like, "What? I, I I'm Jewish. What are you talking about? This is the." The most he's the wrong type of Jewish. Well, that's we say, that's we, that's a whole different story. We we see the whole idea. Well, we we see it within the black community. If anyone stands up against Black Lives Matter as an African American, they get called an Uncle Tom, right? Yep. It's just pointing the finger. It's it's all it's ever going to be. Massive shout out to Moral Bob and Ghost on this though, because that video just really proved that everything is faking gay. And for Ghost side of things, six months to a year. It takes six months to a year for the truth to come out about things. It's yeah. true. It's absolutely true. It, and and every and it's getting gayer by the moment too, because it's getting faker 
and you're starting to see it. I mean, I don't know. I, I, and I feel like there's a lot of people though, that are losing it fast right now. And it's scary because I get a lot of, a lot of stuff sometimes from people. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like incoherent ramblings now. And people are, have gone overboard with some of this stuff. And it's like, man, you got to take a step back every now and then and, and uh, go ground your feet and get back in reality for a minute, because that's all this is, you know, a lot of this stuff, this, this Middle East stuff and the heat of the COVID stuff. It was just to, to drain you emotionally and and, and zap your energy. And dude, <laughs> it's so true, man. It's so true. That's yeah. Cause it wasn't real, you know, like look out your door. Are there people dropping dead in the streets? No, like, you know, like it's things like that. It's, but at the same time with what pisses me off more than any of this is the fact that while we're saying this, we just keep sending billions and billions of our dollars overseas to these money pits. And yet, you know, our place is falling apart. You know, I'm giving more and more of my paycheck to this. And it's like, well, yeah, we got we got plenty of money for two wars. They're quietly going through the narrative flip note, though, Matt. They're, there's already talk of American diplomats and European diplomats talking to Ukraine, talking about, you know, perhaps you should succeed some land and we'll go through that peace treaty now. Yeah. But the we've same been told thing- for like the past 18 months, no, Ukraine is going to win to the last Ukrainian and we will keep funding them. Yeah, we're going to well, keep grinding them are- out. Yeah. Well, they're running out of bodies. There's no more bodies. I. I just saw a thing in the news today where Ukraine is supposedly has 8,000 people on trial for uh, dodging the draft. Well, they're actively you know? trying to go into Poland to bring people back to fight. Yeah, That's it's insane. Thing. They're grabbing kids. Literally, I've seen video. And again, I've seen videos. I didn't see it with my own two eyes on the street of Ukraine, but they're grabbing kids. You see them chasing people through the street to grab them, to bring them to come serve. And they're just putting them in the fucking meat grinder. And like you said, Drew, 18 months ago, we could have had the same discussion. We've been pushing for this the whole time, but no, what was it? And it's starting to show you, no, they never gave a fuck about the Ukrainians. Just like they don't give a fuck about the the Palestinians. They're just going to keep sending money over there and letting this grind out. And, and eventually it turns on them. And they have to switch courses, but they always have that next course in turn, right? I mean, as soon as we got out of Afghanistan, we made that hard left and we were right in Ukraine. Ukraine's dying down. We're making that hard right. Now we're down in the Middle East. And what's, you know, what's next? It's, it's you know, and China was mixed in there a little bit as a threat. It's always this never ending, impending doom, impending nuclear war, World War Three. I'm fucking sick of it already. Like, seriously, if we're going to have World War Three and we're going to drop the nukes, do it right now. Let's do it and get it over with. Because I'm fucking, I'm sick of the bullshit, you know? It's like every day, oh, we're another step closer to nuclear war. Well, then fucking drop the nukes already. Well, there's this new story that came out recently of a bunch of, like, dynamite, like a a lot of dynamite going missing. And um, then you, you wonder, too, about, like, the southern border situation you know when is that going to be a huge story because they're smothering that story for now and they have been for quite some time but there's a lot of like you know they call it fighting age males coming through man there's not many kids there's not many women coming through um you wonder how legit that story is but when is that going to be the story right well and here's here's the other side of it though right i'm sick of hearing about these 
talking heads on the news going out there and saying, well, Hamas is in our backyard. They're well implanted in America. And they shut the fuck up. Yeah. They, yeah. And- Hamas is in America. They've been here for years. They're not big enough to put up any sort of fight or stupid enough to do anything. If they do, I know which three letter agency to, to go look at to see who instigated it. They, right. they just love playing the current news cycle, though. Like, you see a whole heap of university kids protesting for the people of Palestine, so they instantly equate that to, oh, there's Hamas infiltration cells in America, and yep. the southern border has been open. We don't know who else has got through. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, we might have a false flag in the future. That's essentially what they're trying to set up. They're putting yep. it in the sub- public consciousness so when it happens, it's not a complete shock to the system because yep. they prepared you for it. I got something we can kind of pivot on real quick, and I'm just curious as to your guys' thoughts on this. I don't know what you said, Matt, that made me think of this. Um, but like the other day, I live in a really rural area out here in Tucson. Uh, it's on the outskirts of Tucson to the west. It's called Picture Rocks. And um, there was this really weird smell outside. Like it smelled like burning tires or it smelled like like it smelled toxic, like it smelled bad outside. You can kind of see smoke in the air. It was weird. Um, we we showed on here, Matt, that website that you found that shows the water quality yeah. and how horrible the water quality is out here. It makes Flint look like, you know, paradise, freaking clear water. Dude, you got but, arsenic through the roof. I mean, it's insane. I drink a lot of bottled water, but I'm still absorbing that shit when I take a shower. Right. I'm trying to get a um, reverse osmosis filter and then I'm, you know, distilling water and stuff. But uh, I found on, on when I. You know, when I went outside and I smelled that, um, for some reason, something in my brain was like, you should Google like what Picture Rock says. You know what I mean? Because you hear about like you see in these movies, these like small towns that get experimented on. And that's the only purpose that they exist is to get experimented on. When I was doing research on fluoride, going back to like early 40s, you know, right around World War II. Um, there's tiny towns where they're just experimenting with fluoride levels in their water just to see what would happen. Right. So I come across this that I found just really interesting. So it says when you go to Wikipedia, picture Rocks, Arizona, it shows exactly where it is. I'll share my screen here actually real quick. Um, shows where it is. You can see, you know, this Pima County down here. Um, that's the Mexico border. Obviously, you know, you get a little more Arizona right here, too. But that red area is where I'm at. And it says that Picture Rocks is a census designated place. So what's a census designated place? And this tripped me out, dude. It's uh, a, a concentration of population defined by the United States Census Bureau for statistical purposes only. So what the fuck does that mean? Statistical purposes only. Is, is what this whole thing is concentration about. Concentration defined by the Bureau for statistical purposes only. Hmm. Isn't that weird? Like it, it, they, they talk about, like I was doing a little bit of research into it. I want to do more. And I'd actually like to talk with that. Um, what the hell is his name? The guy that talks about being a state national. Oh you know? Yeah. Um, I feel bad. I can't remember the dude's name. Really fun guy. He talks about being, you know, dressed in a pickle suit and shit. Um, there's some some Brandon like Williams. The, Brandon Williams. There you go. Uh, the boundaries of a CDP have no legal status um, and may not always correspond with the local understanding of the area or community with the same name. 
Um, it basically kind of gets into the idea here that like the laws are different here. Um, so I wonder if we have to pay taxes. You know what I mean? I'm sure we do. But I was just I was going down this rabbit hole. I didn't go too far because I was about to go to sleep. But it's just like, you know, that there's these cities and towns all throughout the United States and the world that are just for experimental purposes. Well, and I think some of this, too, goes, you know, it's where they set up these settlements just to have a presence there. So the other side didn't claim it as theirs, especially in like the border towns. Right. Like they well, had that's to have what this is mostly is border. Yeah, towns they had to have some percentage, you know, a, a population there. So Mexico just couldn't come and say, OK, we're going to settle X amount of people here. And, you know, you can say it's yours, but our people live here. But see how small it is, man, like this, like Mexico is a good <laughs> distance from, you know, there's there's other little towns like mine all throughout. And, it you know, it's kind of desolate in this area of, of, you know, southern Arizona here. But I mean, Tucson is right here. This gray area. Um, all of this. Yeah, they're then, putting you there as a border to Tucson, right? So there's population on the outskirts. It almost sounds like one of those Black Mirror episodes or the Outer Limits where they have a town and this is town 1A and they test one drug on this whole town and then you go That's on the other side of the country and there's a duplicate version of the town and there's another Ryan living there, but he's slightly different and has hair and they're testing a different drug on him right, right. in his town. Yeah, the water here made my hair fall out. But- no man i just think it's it's an interesting concept i've never heard of that, that to be honest though rye i mean that's that's interesting a census yeah. designated place i wonder yeah. how many there are yeah can you look how many that are up? across the united states how many uh, census designated census designated locations how many are there in the united states i can look that up right now but to to matt's point um it says right here uh, cdps include small rural communities edge cities uh, Colonia is located along the United States-Mexico border uh, and unincorporated resorts. Uh, but this is the other thing, too, is that it's the counter to an incorporated place. So it's the opposite. It's the counterpart of an incorporated place. An incorporated place would be a city, right? So we're the opposite of a city here, like New York is uh you know the definition here is an incorporated place under the census bureau's definition is a type of governmental unit incorporated under the state law as a city town uh borough, borough yeah. village having legally prescribed limits powers and functions so we don't have and i mean if we're the opposite of this here, well you're outside no, no no that's in designation to tucson city limits right so you're outside of those city limits you're not incorporated with the tucson city which but is, so the powers and the functions, though, that's more what I'm talking about. It's like the laws, you know, bylaws. You don't have bylaws. You wouldn't have a, you don't have a yes. town hall and stuff, right? I don't think. Uh, yeah, we do in Marana, but I guess Marana is technically not where I'm at. So, yeah, I don't think there's a picture rocks town hall. I can try and look that up. But yeah, man, I just thought it was interesting. Oh, it definitely uh, is. I've never I've never heard of it. I'm going to while you're doing that, I'm going to look up. And then, Drew, you wanted to, uh, what was it? You said how many? Yeah, how many of those exist across the United States? Yeah, they keep going to picture tons, rocks, Pennsylvania. Tons, so. tons of them. Tons of them in Canada as well. Unincorporated oh, wow. townships. They're they're great. You pay less taxes. You don't have as many bylaws or no bylaws. Like, there's certain things you can't do for sure. But 
Like uh, we have a property out in an unincorporated township outside of our town that we live in. And yeah, we can blow dynamite off on our property. We can yeah. mine it. We can oh, yeah, people it. shoot. It's like having chickens, right? You can't have chickens within the city limits a lot of times, but if you're in in a CDP, those bylaws don't apply to you. So that's Hmm. here. Here's a a breakdown of it a little more. I still can't find how many there are, but it says incorporated places are legally incorporated under state law, have a legally defined boundary and an active functioning government structure. Uh, CDPs are statistical equivalents of un- of incorporated places and represent unincorporated communities that do not have a legally defined boundary or an active fun- functioning government structure, like Ryan said. So you don't have a town council or anything like that for your area? Yeah, it I says examples of CDPs include unincorporated communities, planned communities, military installments, university towns, resort towns etc so i'm just wondering if i got to pay taxes that's my big thing i would imagine so you're not i would think so too you're not puerto rico so i i would i wouldn't i wouldn't test the waters so to speak we can identify as tax exempt though can't we i've tried i've tried to identify as a millionaire and the banker told me it didn't work so I mean, huh. we can. There's a lot of things in Imagine Land that work, but certain things don't work in reality. All the cool things don't land. work, I guess. Yeah. Hey. All right. Let's. I want to switch gears real quick to something pretty fun, and this is along the lines of our uh, going back to our roots, Ryan, of the whole idea of bear versus raccoon. Okay. And this kind of fits in. I. What age kids do you teach, Drew? I teach the, the entire cohort of a uh, elementary school. So from okay, so this prep fits all the way up to year six. This is right where you are, and and this is right around where my son is. So I was watching Family Guy the other day, and oh, cool. uh, and this comes on, and I had to. Oh, what the? F- Come on! I had to uh, get it down here. For some reason, when I go full screen, it won't share. I saw those filters that you just sent, Ryan. Thanks. Yeah, the uh, the water filter. I just bought one of those for myself here down in Texas. I have a different one at my other place. It's a great deal. That's from my buddy. It's a it's unmarked. It's like a no name brand, but that company they make filters for other companies. So okay. you know they they slap a new label on it for a name brand. And it's twice the cost, basically. So it's an amazing deal. And that other one, that shower filter, I have two of those. I have one at both places, and I don't, I don't sell those either. Just I trust that company. Okay, cool. But that the water filter itself, I think there's only like two left. Quite honestly, this is we can't advertise this here and say everybody listening should buy that water filter. We only had a handful of them. Okay, yeah, I'm trying to find a price here. I'll, I'll get a water. It's filter. only three hundred, three hundred fifty bucks, man. You cannot beat that, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, I know Infowars sells one. It's probably like a shittier quality and, you know. It's a little more expensive, I'm sure. Probably too. more expensive too, yeah. Probably stops cool, man. dimensional vampires though. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you All listen right. to it. It's just Alex Jones yelling out of the thing. So here, here, here's the debate. This is our next great debate. How many fourth graders do you think you could take at once? What? <laughs> I mean, obviously, if you had to fight against a million fourth graders, you'd lose. So, like, what's what's the real number? 
Like, what's the legitimate number of fourth graders that you could successfully take on? Let's say 100. That sounds reasonable. Oh, no way. 100 and you're dead. Why are we fighting them? Because they're idiots. Did they say something about my mother? What? <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We'll say yes. Oh, then a baker's dozen. What kind of weapons? Only what's available in the schoolyard. You could really mess up some kids with a chain from a swing. Just da 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 I tell you what I'd do. I'd back into a bathroom stall and just start kicking. Dead. 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 <laughs> Keep coming. Dead. Give him a narrow entry point. Make him come in single file. Dead. Dead. Anyway, I, I guess I'm trying to say 800 fourth graders. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so how many fourth graders do you think you could take? With what's available in the school, that's a pretty good caveat. In the schoolyard. School, in the schoolyard. These yard. TikTok I... dweebs, these kids that are raised on the phones, unlimited, man. Because you get tired school, eventually. They're not even going to school... come at you. My school has a program where you have like a paddock to plate analogy. So there's shovels tools, all sorts of stuff within the school grounds at any given time. So if I'm swinging a shovel or a rake or something, I could say probably 100. Are those in the playground, though? Because it's specific to what's available out at the playground. But the Well, our, our schools are open plan, so they can go into the gardens at any time and yeah. take stuff out of the sheds and do gardening if they want to. So it's available. So you get, yeah, and but you get to a point, though, where, again, I, I, I relate them to bees. Right. And bees get to a point where they swarm you and, and their frequency traps you. And you can't move. Like you're, okay. yeah, you can't swing anymore because you've just got these little things. And Rye, to counter that idea of all these kids are just these soft. Listen, my son has a, a he's in fifth grade, so he's just above this, but same age group. He has a small class. There's only 19 kids in his whole grade. His group of 10 boys, this is one of the most savage groups of just 10 boys I've ever been around. These kids are borderline feral. Like if you give them an inch, it's on. Like they'll they'll tie you up, they'll beat you. You know, they're they're like old school. They'll get soap in a pillowcase and start beating you down. Um, so I'd say these I'm with you. I think that hundred number is pretty legit, but again. You got to keep them at a distance. I like Peter's idea of kicking them and keeping them at it. Again, you're going to tire out at some point, but I'm, I'm just, I fear the swarm because even if, when they're friendly, if you get a too many of them around you, oh man, you can't get out. Yeah. yeah I'd keep say on the, moving for sure. Yeah. <laughs> the number skyrockets. If you're in a big city, right? Those soft kids that are growing up in like New York school districts but if you're in a rural area like you're talking about or like out here, then, yeah, this, the kids are a little harder. They're a little crazier, you know. Yeah. I think they, that, that, that it, you know, cut, gets cut into a fraction if you're dealing with, like, tougher kids. But, yeah, man, I, it's between. I mean, 100 sounds like a lot, dude. Have you ever thrown 100 punches, like, in a punching bag? Oh, do you? Yeah. It's you're tired. Easy. Yeah. That's why I think a hundreds. I, I I'm I'm around twenty. I think because I'm thinking of one classroom of kids. To t I might be able to take them out, but I'm going to be exhausted after that. So I think I'd get an energy boost because if it was my own students and they kind of turned and went crazy, <laughs> I'd have the initiative from the, the times that they didn't listen or they were being disrespectful to keep me going, give me that little boost of energy to keep it going. Just. <laughs> pick one up and fling them around 
<laughs> yeah, dude, that's a tough one, man. 20 sounds like a lot, too. Because you, you'd think that you wouldn't be able to knock each kid out with just one punch, right? Maybe like the first couple you could. No, not just straight punches. Yeah, I mean, you'd have to land them all flush. Well, over and, and over again, too. Like, you to can knock, knock out probably out. three kids in a row. Yeah. Easy. Kids are trained to line up, remember? So they're in a line. One <laughs> after the other. Yeah, man, that's a tough one. 20 sounds like a lot, but I think I'm going 20, maybe 30. Yeah, I like Cleveland. Cleveland went the Baker's dozen, so that's that's a pretty. I I'd say that's very doable. What's that? Thirteen. Yeah. So yeah, that's very doable. Yeah, let's go. I mean, we'll never find out, but unfortunately, not 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 today. Today, see, this is what people that like have like all the the technology to make like accurate VR video games. They should make very realistic, like kid fight simulation where you're just like, you know, like zombies, Call of Duty zombies, where they come in hordes and then, you you know, you get two kids and then five kids and then 12 kids, you know, to just see how far you can go. People need to do that. And you got just your hands. That's oh, man, that would be it's it's one. Of, it's like a video game. You know, you could you could put that in deep VR. And that's a good workout right there, too. You could sell that on multiple levels. Call it Kid Killer. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of dark, but. Oh, man. Because there. What maybe, was the... Well, maybe if that game was available, there'd be less school shootings if they weren't all slaps to begin with. Right. I'm trying yeah. to think because there was some. I'm trying to think of like the. There were a couple games that got banned when we were kids. And. This was like really before the era the first person shooter took off. So they were real soft on video games. The alien abduction one, I think, was banned. Um that's the one that's like too. that's like a uh I don't know, it's kind of like a fairy tale almost, right? Like yeah, like you're you're can't an even alien. tell if it actually existed or not. I mean, it definitely exists. I have it. It's really fun. Like you go around and you have like telekinesis and you have like levitation powers and you basically just go around as an alien, just fucking up a city. Really? So it's kind of fun. Yeah. Like okay. you, you know, you start off on a farm, you like kill the cows and kill the people that own the farm and burn shit down. And then you move to like a bigger city. It's fun, but kind of like Grand Theft Auto, but for aliens. Hmm. Huh. I right. forget the name of the game though. Let's see. All right, I got it's one. It's a stereotypical gray, isn't it, Rye? He's green, actually. It kind of looks like the uh, Mars Attacks aliens. Right. It's interesting that, that what aliens look like compared to what they used to and how it went. They they became a lot more high-tech recently, you know, with the alien movies and things like that. But then when you see the government renderings and things like that, it's back to the old school stuff that you used to see when you heard of you know abductions and all that stuff it's called destroy all humans destroy That's all awesome. humans that sounds yeah. like a uh a keeper it's i mean it's phenomenal phenomenal gameplay uh made new versions right of it as well yeah i think that there's like two or three right here he does look gray drew but in the game they're kind of more green right but yeah dude like you can you have this little ufo that you can like suck cows up in you can see here <laughs> It's fun. Good time. Also, okay. Stuntman, really underrated uh, PS2 game. I don't know if you ever played Stuntman, but 
Stunt it's a great man. game. Stuntman, dude. Fun. Really? I've never heard of that. Stuntman, you're literally it's you're you're a stuntman on a movie set and you're going around and you're driving like cars. Yeah. And you're doing stunts in the cars. It's a blast. I think that the PS2 was the pinnacle of gaming, to be honest. I used to that was my favorite console. Yeah, dude. PS2 the, the games are far. too real now. Yeah, I can't play them anymore. My son kicks my ass. Well, like the Madden sucks, dude, where like you can be a player, like a running back, and or you can be like a lineman, and if you get hurt, you're just done. That's it. Yep. <laughs> it's why so is everything, stupid. Why is everything a simulator now as well? Like fishing simulator, logging simulator, goddamn goat simulator. The farm simulator. <laughs> the goat <laughs> farm simulator. Yep. Yeah, man, I don't know. People just need to shit. need a second life. Did you guys ever get into the uh the games on your phone? Like I never got into video games on my phone. Farmville was the shit. Yeah. Like I, I liked n- it. I never I played one game with like dragons probably about a decade ago where you'd be a dragon and you go fight other villages and shit and you could build up and get bigger dragons. It's stupid as fuck, but that's <laughs> about it. And that's why like I can't I can't get into the phone uh phone games, but um it's the I original to- Nokia Snake. Okay. That was good. So Minecraft or not Minecraft. And, uh, mine Minesweeper. Yeah. That was a fun one. There's one called Rainbow Unicorn, which sounds really gay, but it was a blast. Super fun. Rainbow Unicorn. I've never seen that. And dude, so we actually like sex act. Right, right. No, but we found out today, because the Bible references unicorns like yeah. eight times or something like that. The unicorn is actually the proper name for a rhinoceros. Which yes. is wild. Yeah, dude. We Ghost found a really cool clip about that. And um, so, yeah, a lot of people that talk about like bashing the Bible and stuff are like, so you believe in unicorns too? And it's like, you know, in Latin, the there was two different types of rhinos, the one with two horns and then the one with one. The two horn was like by by no corns or something. And then the unicorn was the one horn. And uh, so, yeah, man, I mean, like rhinos are unicorns. I still hold out for for unicorns and dragons and shit like that. But hey, did you guys? I know we've talked about it before on the show with frequency, and this is something that really I'm big into because I really feel like it affects us. But this is another one of those talks about music and and frequency. Spotify and Apple Music. The radio, Spotify, Apple Music is all tuned to 440 hertz. 440 hertz shuts off the right side of your brain which is your feminine side to do with creativity, intuition, imagination, visualization. This traps you inside of your left side of the brain which is to do with logical, facts, strategy, science and memory. John D. Rockefeller, I don't want a nation of thinkers, I want a nation of workers. This is why he changed it from 432 hertz to 440 hertz which shuts off the right side of the brain to keep you in your lowest state of consciousness to keep you thinking logically not critically this is exactly why he created the educational board which all countries go by education makes you think in the left side of the brain because you're told what to do you can't create you can't imagine you can't use your intuition Instead of listening to 440 hertz, you want to listen to 432 hertz or any of the Solfeggio scale frequencies. These actually rewrite the DNA. They actually heal the body just by frequency alone. There's a frequency for every single illness that exists. Go and get yourself this book. The link is in the bio for this. And that's 
that's something that I, I swear by is frequencies, man. I didn't believe in it until I got diagnosed with arthritis. And then I realized, holy shit, there's a big difference that frequencies play on us. And then when you I went to sleep into them, right? Well, yeah, but not even that, but just being around them that, that you're bombarded with them. And I didn't realize it until I moved into an apartment complex because I had always been in a house. So I never really noticed it. But then moving to an apartment complex where there were, you know, just three levels stacked on each other, four wide and all that Wi-Fi and all that shit that was in those places, man, it was just an eye opener because you could feel it almost literally just draining your body. Well, even to the smallest extent, anytime you go into a big populated area like a city or even like a room with lots of people in it talking quite loud at the same time, the audible sound that you're getting from them, that drains you. It gives you a headache. So it has a physical impact on your body just through that level of sound. So it's amazing to think what the rest of the frequency levels could do, especially the ones below human hearing level. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I mean, you think about how much of our body is water. You think about all the the studies that you have shown the impact of frequency on water and it just makes sense. I mean, it's one of those things. And you think about the amount of frequencies that we're bombarded with on a daily basis that are unnatural. And it's just, it's, it's another layer to that unhealthy onion that they provide to us for, for living in. Do you notice, Ryan, that that guy was doing a Captain Coat Tales? He was using someone else's video and then just put his face over the top of it. Yeah. And then was asking for people to like and subscribe to his work. No, I love that. Which wasn't his at all. Those are the most annoying videos ever. Get your face out of the video. The face and the songs. Enough with the fucking music already. The same song to every video. But that would be like me getting a Tartaria video from Matt. And have Matt talking and having all his stuff visibly there and me just going. Yeah. yeah. The pointing is the worst. Yeah. <laughs> or when there's the separate ones or like the ones where they go like that, you know, and they swipe all these different <laughs> ones. Like, it's like, oh, my God. Like, it's like a 40 year old dude doing that. And it's like, man, that's just, this is not meant for you to do this. But well, and the newest yeah, I- thing now is they split the screen. Right. And they just sit next to it and they do what you're saying, Drew, and just point sideways. It's like. What did you do? You just took somebody else's and you just sat there for a minute and a half and nodded and pointed. Congratulations. It's like the evolution of the YouTube videos, which they would be legitimately creepy videos, but then someone else takes it and puts creepy music over the top and it just legitimizes the entire process. (laughs) Or someone just looking like this the whole time while something scary is going on. (laughs) But then, dude, I I noticed there was this really, really uh, kind of an interesting clip where, and you guys have probably seen ones like this, where, you know, it's cut on a phone. So you've got like your top top screen is something bottom screen is like, I don't know what game it is, but it's like a car going down like a wild slide and yeah. it's jumping and doing crazy shit. So you're hearing whatever's on the top, but you're, you're obviously your attention's glued to the bottom half because it's some wild shit going on. So you're watching the bottom um, or it could be something real satisfying. And I was talking about this in, in the episode that I tried to release that wouldn't freaking convert on my computer, but there's a clip of Joe Rogan talking about this Disneyland parent trying to take her kid to the bathroom. Uh, it's a mom and a son. Son goes into the bathroom to wash his hands, is gone for three minutes. The mom's like, what the fuck's going on? Goes in there. 
And um, when she goes in there, she sees an elevator going down in the bathroom. Right. And it's Joe Rogan saying this. So it's believable. Right. Because Joe Rogan's like this, you know, anti, you know, mainstream media, whatever. Uh, Kids still missing to this day, they say in there. Right. But if you actually can take your attention off of the crazy shit going on in the bottom, you can see it's an AI clip. It's the AI generated voice of Joe Rogan. And he's not even saying what the clip is saying. It's just old footage of him talking. But you're you're like, okay, that's Rogan. I established that's Rogan. I'm going to watch this crazy shit and listen to what he's saying. And and it's effective, man. The first time you hear it, you're like, what the fuck? Is, is, does this really happen? And then, you know, the first internet search that you find, you can see that it's not true. But yeah, man, they were saying Disneyland was closed down and all this shit. And it's like, why haven't I heard about this? But you see a lot of clips like that, dude, where it's AI generated. I mean, they do MMA documentaries with Rogan's voice now in AI. Yeah, they did one with that with him with a a Nazi submarine that was supposedly found in like in Argentina. And part part of the story was true, but it was definitely an AI generated or no, it was a submarine that was found like in a treetop or something like that in Argentina. And part of it was true again, but a lot of it was AI generated. And that's thrown a whole nother level into it because not only is it AI audio, but they're also using the video too. Right. So it's Rogan's mouth moving. And again, like we talked, we, I mean, I feel like we're, we've been going around in circles with this same conversation, but that's where we're at now. You can't tell what's real. You really yeah. have to use discernment. And one of the things I find the funniest is watching people just run with these fake videos as legit with not even looking into them at all. You know, and that I gives po- the government, sorry, Matt, and that gives the governments the teeth to actually bring in things like the restrict act or in Australia, the misinformation and disinformation bill, because there's people out there who push around shit. That's verifiably false within our realm or sphere of people. And whether it's done on purpose through AI voice generation and videos as entertainment, it's having an effect where the government's getting the actual power and ability to restrict what we're able to say because of this type of stuff now. I think you're right. I think that's really paving the way for them to come in and say, okay, we got to put a stop to this misinformation, you know, these fake videos. And they are, but then they're going to also come down on anything else that's content created, you know, and it's that, it's that slippery slope of you let them have an inch and they're going to take a foot. And that's the problem with our government is we've we've been giving for far too long and not drawing that line and pushing back. So they've just been taking and taking and taking. And now you're at a point where you're in the corner and you got nothing left but your underwear. What else are they going to take from you? I guess your gender at that point and take that and. Run with but them. if it's fluid, they can't steal it. So that's you know, true. You're, you're all set. Yeah, I got uh, summoned for jury duty, and at the, on the court website thing, selects the genders, and there's only male and female on the court. Yep. So when it comes to legal terms, they don't want any of that bullshit. I'm a fucking panda or whatever the hell you know people think that they are. But yeah, it's only male and female because they don't want anyone going in there and bullshitting. You know, I'm this when I'm you know it's. It's interesting. The way that they worded it, though, was sex. What's your sex? And I know that that is something that they say is gender is different than sex, which is not true. But well, it's yeah, it's, again, it's word magic. But yeah, you see that it used to be it used to be on all the 
forms and everything, it was sex. And then all of a sudden in the 2000s, it changed to gender. It's like, right. wait a second. What? You used to, remember you know, the 90s when they had that sex and everyone would add a third box in and write, yes, please. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or all the time. Or yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's funny with that, though. I mean, it, you can't even joke about it. I was listening to somebody the other day talk, try and talk about gender. And I, I can't follow this shit anymore, man. Like these, these people with this nonsense and it's all gets back to feelings. And that's what people keep calling them out on. It's all about how you, you feel. Nobody gives a shit about your feelings. We want to deal with facts here, you know, and your feelings are great. And I appreciate that, but you can't make me change my life to accommodate your feelings. I'm sorry. It's not how you say the lightest nuts one that's doing big rounds at the moment where a guy decided he would become a transgender woman because his wife came out as a lesbian. Mm-hmm. And then they were all in an open relationship with a third transgender person who was also in a relationship with their transgender child. Come on. Jeez. And like that 2023 in a nutshell right there. What a yeah, complicated that's... web they weave there, huh? That's just disgusting. And Well, there's one even with kids that is involved. Where they adopted two kids and now they're trans also. And I don't know. That just, that always, that always brings me back to the, uh, what is it? The Cartman Rye? The, uh, let me see if I have it here. Yeah. There it have is. you guys seen the new one, by the way? I have not. What is it? Not yet. Dude, it- all, all, you know how they're all white kids, right? So yeah. they, they made Cartman a fat black chick. Kenny is like an Indian woman. Like they're all like minority women. Oh, geez. And it's hilarious, dude. It's just like, and and after they released that, actually, I guess uh, Disney changed their, they canceled their Snow White. Uh, yes. Oh, that, yeah, was, yeah. I did see that one. The one where they shit all over Disney. Yeah. Because yeah. it's just like, yeah, Disney ruins everything. And it's like, yeah. how are we going to make, <laughs> it shows Cartman is the CEO of Disney and he's like bossing them all around and stuff. It's hilarious. We'll play this. I might even actually Makes have you that clip. Who think it's transgender? Okay to go inside the girl's bathroom because I'm transgender. I looked it up. That means I can use the girl's shitter. You are not transgender, Eric. You don't even know what that means. Yeah, huh? It means I live a life of torture and confusion because society sees me as a boy, but I'm really a girl. All right. Well, if you identify yourself as a girl, you must find yourself attracted to boys. Is that right? That's actually not true. I can be transgender without it having anything to do with the gender I'm attracted to. Check the state bylaws. All right, listen, Eric. Erica. Listen, Eric. You must know why we can't have you in the girls' bathroom. All I know is I'm transgender, and you can't make me go to the bathroom with the cisgenders. With the what? Cisgender. It's the politically correct name for people who aren't transgender. If you identify with the sex you were born with, then you're cis. But then cisgender is just normal. Saying normal (laughs) is extremely offensive to people who aren't in that group. Trust me, you don't want this hot potato. Just let him use the girls' room. But this isn't a hurting, confused child we're talking about. This is Eric Cartman. Nobody else is going to know that. You better just give him what he wants. So Eric Cartman just has us in some kind of bathroom check. Actually, it's a royal flush. It's more like a royal flush. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, they, they just kill it constantly over and over again yeah man with just spot on shit i'm trying to see if i had 
because I know I posted that Disney thing on Instagram. I don't think I have it here, though. There's probably one on YouTube or something, you know. Let's see here. Uh, Let's see if I can find it. I'll take a quick look if I can get on to. They don't let you on the page. Let's see. Uh... Yeah, the new South Park. There's a three minute clip of the new one on YouTube. And then it's also like uh, Cartman's mom. You know how she's all nice. Yes. Trying to tell him what to do. And dude, it's actually, it's funny too. Another part that they touch on is how, you know, no, like all these people that are into coding and growing weed and doing all this bullshit online stuff that don't know how to fix like a stripped screw, you know, like the (laughs) most simple shit or like change a tire. And they're hiring like handymen to do all this stuff. And the handymen are like Mexicans that are driving Ferraris and they're like, you know, picking up people outside of Home Depot instead of how Mexicans like right now wait outside of Home Depot to get work. It's the opposite. It's like rich white dudes that are trying to get Mexicans to do work for them. And the Mexicans are rich at that point because and they're like, why well, I, I can go fix this tire for you. But I'm going to have to charge you ten thousand dollars. because I'm very yep. busy. So yeah. I can't anything. <laughs> we'll do it. You know, it's just like, yeah, dude, it's you know, if you know how to do like any kind of trade. That's way more valuable than fucking coding, you know, with everyone coding out there. Who gives a shit? So, yeah, that's what I'm pushing my son towards is, dude, find a trade. You know, people bag on plumbers, man. But plumbing, plumbing's a good gig, dude. If you you can. Well, I saw a video that was comparing it between a plumber and a doctor. And, you know, doctor obviously has a large amount of debt they take up front and the plumber doesn't so much with the trade school. And it showed how, you know, in the long run, the plumber can make just as much as a doctor can. I would even say not, I wouldn't even go that far as a long run. I mean, if you, if you open your own electrician, uh, I don't know what the proper terminology would be like electric company of some kind, you know, fixing shit, wiring houses up, dude, you can make bank doing that, man. Yeah, you know, I, have a, with the, I have a buddy the, who does it. He he doesn't have enough guys. He's like, yeah. I got more work than I have guys. He's like, I have. And to that's turn, a good problem to have. Turn down work. I'm like, damn, man. I'm like, all right, well, you'll have my kid soon enough in the summertime. You can put him to work. Yeah, working with electronics is fucking terrifying, though. So, oh, dude, I don't something. do it. I do not mess with electricity, man. I don't. I don't get it. I don't understand it. Dude, I did something as simple as like wiring a water heater. And I had to like drink some liquid courage before I did that, dude. I was yeah, so terrified. <laughs> dude, you realize that you could just fucking end it all real quick with one oh, yeah. long connection. That's it. Or you, send you, your house up in flames, you know? Yeah, you wire it wrong. I mean, people's water heaters blow up, dude. Yeah. If you do it wrong. I was watching videos. I'm like, all right, I have to do it like this. I'm like writing shit down on the fridge in Sharpie. And then I obviously erase it with rubbing alcohol. But I'm like writing it so it's there so I can see it. But yeah, dude, and like it tripped me out that there's just dudes that know how to do that and they just are walking around like it's no big deal. Some big dick energy, literally. Yeah, dude, it's huge. Well, and that's the thing. It goes back to what we were talking about with the schools and well, with the frequency stuff that they were saying is, you know, what happened to like wood shop and metal? You know, those were just two small little things where you had to be creative. 
You had to, it wasn't just a yes, sir. Yes, ma'am type thing. It was something where you had to do it and you had to work with your hands and all that's been taken away now. Yeah. Yeah. My dad always says that the class that he learned the most (laughs) and was like almost like a wood shop. It's kind of like what you'd call CAD today. Like making like 3D models almost for houses and shit. But like they started off there, you know, the the beginning of the year, you're just sitting there with in front of a giant wood block, you and three other kids at a table. And by the end of the year, you have to turn that that wood block into some kind of model of some kind, like a 3D model that you're cutting and you're doing all this stuff. He said that was like the most like he gained the most out of that class because, dude, I you never use the Pythagorean theorem in your day to day life. Like you don't use any of that shit that you learned in math ever. You know, if you know how to tip, count percentages, add, multiply, subtract, divide, that's all that you really need. Realistically. All the rest of that stuff is for specified skills. That's know? the thing. I don't understand why you have to like have a, a level of algebra two. I mean, back when I was in school, algebra two, like what the fuck do you, I don't, I've never used algebra in my day-to-day life. So I don't know, man, I get that you would. If you're building a house, you need to know how to count angles and stuff like that. But that's what protractors are for and shit. You know what I mean? You'll never like, have a calculator in your pocket all day long. I know. Right. That's, they used to, they tell, used us to tell us. And I used yeah. to sit there and type boobies in mine. That's all I would use them for. Now it's like, dude, the calculators, it's huge. Now you don't even need to count. Everything's in your pocket. Like, what do well, you yeah, tell us now? You don't need to know how to spell shit. You no. just need to know when to use the right your and your and your. And even the freaking blue line will pop up if you're using the wrong yours. Even so. that, Ryan, even that, you look at published books oh, and yeah. they have it. It's wrong. They'll they'll yeah. even put it. They'll put a, a disclaimer in the beginning that the spelling and grammar may be off in this book, although it has been edited. It's but like, we don't give a shit. Yeah, we don't. You're we, still we, buying it. You we're idiot, cranking right? it out anyway, regardless, you know, yeah. get over it. But yeah, that I mean, that's where we're at now. I think we're we're slipping to it to a sense where you can get away with that. Now it doesn't matter. You know, people just overlook it. It's it's, I forgot who was talking about it. Somebody was talking about it and said, is the era of the suit dead? You know, have we officially transitioned to like the sweatpant era? Because it's almost like they're the majority of society is getting out of that whole suit era. See, I dress very casually, though, all the time. Like, if I'm going to a business thing, like, I think I have to fly out to Pennsylvania for work. I'm not going to be wearing what I wear around the house or when I go to the grocery store. Like, I dress pretty, like, I dress down all the time. You know what I mean? Um, I dress for comfort, not speed. So, you know, I'll dress for speed when I have to. But, yeah, man, I don't see a problem with wearing, like, sweatpants and, you know, tank tops like I'm wearing right now, you know, or hoodies or freaking whatever i but maybe that is the culture that's dying where you go and ride an airplane you got to wear a suit i don't i don't understand that at all but or a sporting event i mean imagine how much those fuckers must have sweat at a baseball game <laughs> in the middle of the summer in a goddamn suit yeah like, i don't get it man it doesn't make sense to me or you see these pictures the the people in the like early 1900s at the beach in like a full suit like they did a onesie have- yeah, they didn't even no, they didn't even have like a bathing suit or anything. It was it was bizarre. But yeah. So there's a fine line. There's there's some middle ground there. Oh, I'm sure. I'll I'm wear happy. a swimsuit at the beach and a suit at a funeral. How's yeah. that? Oh yeah, obviously. Tuxedo shirt. 
<laughs> but even yeah. even in the business world, like where at my company, it's gone from, you know, you couldn't wear jeans when I started to now, you know, anybody that dresses in a suit is like upper management. Just wear a shirt, please. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we had guys wearing baseball caps and smoking weed in the bathrooms. It's like, guys, this is like a Fortune 500 company. You can't be pulling that shit off. At least go smoke out in your cars and take the fucking ball cap off. That's the only place that people do drugs now is Fortune 500 companies. (laughs) Everyone else is trying to get off the ground. (laughs) Everyone's doing like eight balls and shit at the JP Morgan and stuff like that, you know? Well, they're at the pill level. This is this is high class society, I guess. Yeah, doing Ozempic and oh. off the steering wheel. <laughs> Crazy. Oh shit! Well, guys, this has been great. We're gonna wrap it up here, and uh, let's go around the horn. Drew, where can they find all your great work, my friends? Uh, you're missing the point. Podcast player, my surname M I S E N. Find me on all the usual podcatchers. I'm on Twitter and Instagram as my main social platforms. Uh, also part of Conspiracy Theater 3000 with the lovely Ryan here. Pop out a monthly show, pulling apart a cinema classic for hidden symbolism and other information that might have slipped your your viewing. So check it out. Yeah, man. That And, and that's how I got into podcasts was I forgot what it's called but it was basically this movie breakdown podcast between these two comedians they were from the league the show the league and they would just take a movie and they'd watch it and you know show clips and talk about they wouldn't go into the detail you guys did with the you know the names and and some of the deep meanings of these you know colors and things like that but they'd go into the high level stuff that you'd get in like a typical movie breakdown but dude, I love what you guys do. I think that's one of the the coolest niches out there is the whole movie uh, symbolism because it's such a deeper thing. The guys over at Operation Red Pill do a great job with that too when they break down their movies. And it's stuff you just don't see without a trained eye. And then once you've seen it, now you can't unsee it. And everywhere you look you start seeing the symbolism over and over again in, in different forms. Yeah. Speaking of operation red pill and I, we collaborated on the avatar film, the way of water avatar two, and that should be coming out either this month or next month. That's awesome. I can't wait for that one. And we are going to, we are doing a collab with them. I think next week, right. For Sunday, uh, right. For master debaters. Yeah. So I love, I love working with those guys, man. I thought it was yesterday and like a dumbass. I'm in here, like you know, because the daylight changed. No daylight changing. Yeah, and I I told Ghost I was like I can't record it today because we're gonna do because I didn't look at the date. I'm so unorganized. I just saw Sunday, so I was like, oh yeah, cool. I'm I'm there. And then obviously it's next week, so all good. (laughs) You know, but yeah, I was like I I wasn't gonna miss it for the daylight saving switch. But yeah, well I I was gonna text you uh, about it too if it was yesterday because we've had the daylight savings bullshit screw us up before yeah so yeah no i'm on it this year dude look at you bringing the a game man hey just a week early so still (laughs) fucking up still finding a way to mess up that's all (laughs) uh so ryan what else do you have going on i i saw two episodes come out this week i know we talked last week about you you were putting out the war on health and the travel episode 
And I haven't listened. The War on Health was outstanding, my friend. I, I love that episode. I haven't had a chance to listen to the travel one yet. I just downloaded it this morning. Well, the travel one might be one of the funnier episodes. Usually I'm not very funny. You know, usually it's pretty serious. It's mostly health, right? And health is a serious business. But yeah, I've been trying to uh, crank up production. I only had one episode come out last whole month. And now I've had four already this month. And I'm about to uh, release a fifth. Uh, I just did one that I'm editing right now. A really good one. Uh, it is conspiracy, actually. It's a uh, hidden history. It was a book, the author of a book that I gave 10 out of 10 to, the rare 10 out of 10, called Redating Ancient Greece. This is up your alley. And, uh, you know, he goes through and shows how basically all of ancient Greece is misdated and it should be 1800 years further in the future. Really good book. And I did a really good uh, video podcast with him, actually. And yeah, he did his whole presentation with us because I made a video on this a couple of years ago. And it was actually like my most popular video on my personal YouTube channel. So yeah, I was super stoked to have him come on and that's going to release soon. It should be next week. And yeah, production levels have kicked up. You can find my podcast. It's called Notice and Friends spelled not us, not us and friends. But you can find all of my links and everything I do, the books that I've written, all the hundreds and hundreds of book reviews that I've done and all my channels, all this stuff is on my website, notusbooks.org. I am down for that Greece episode because I'm all I love the timeline manipulation ideas from Fomenko to, you know, you name it. There's so many different hypotheses out there that it's a really good one. Honestly, even the video that I did of him, of his book, I, I tried, man. I took like two weeks to do that video, but nothing's better than the horse's mouth itself. And I, there's actually so many different videos out there now who are talking about this exact same stuff. Uh, the, this exact same book or Fomenko's work. And yeah, it's never as good as the book. Never, no. it never makes as much sense. They're always trying too hard or not trying enough. And I'm just, I'm super happy about this recording. I was just editing it right before we popped on here, trying to get it done fast because I want it out there. I'm going to put it on YouTube as well. I've kind of given up on YouTube in the last little while and been upset with them for uh, cracking down on health accounts. So pulled off of YouTube, but yeah, then I know that since that video, the first one was so popular, people are going to want to see this. And, and we go through a lot of the comments too on the first video. And so we'll clear some things up. That's awesome. Definitely looking forward to that one, man. Good stuff. Right. What do you got going on? Same as always, man, just trying to get content out. I tried to record an episode last Friday. Computer just wasn't having it. My audacity record, uh, converted it to an AUP file, which no idea what the hell that is. What at, is uh, AUP? Well, it's an Audacity exclusive. Just make sure that this never happens to you. Uh, I don't know what happened. I clicked something wrong or my computer was wigging out, but it basically took a, a you know hour-long audio-only episode and turned it into a 2.2 gigabyte file. So it was just like a massive file. Um, this computer, I almost went fucking office space on this thing. <laughs> like just i mean not even with a bat i was about to like just break the fuck out of this it almost ended up in the front yard in pieces but um yeah man i don't know so so trying to get that episode out um about like the you know controlled opposition republicans and stuff like that um and just having fun man excited for the the ufc event coming up this weekend it's a pretty big one uh broke my heart in this game today i had austin eckler getting the first touchdown hundred dollars on it some asshole returns a punt 
for the first touchdown of the game. Uh, and guess who scores the, the real first touchdown? Austin Eckler. So yep. missed out on six hundred fucking dollars there because some asshole decides to just overperform. So, uh, you know, the betting is hot and cold, but I love doing it, man. So um, that's about it, though. Just enjoying life. What about you? What are you doing? Dude, I got to say that 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 fucking rant that you and Ghost had on Cunt of the Week last week was some of the funniest shit I've listened to in a while, man. Oh, yeah, it it definitely struck a chord with me. It was funny, but yeah, it definitely hit a spot with you, a sore spot to say the least. <laughs> you were fired up, but we're cool. I mean, I, he he felt bad, I know, but yeah, it definitely pissed me off. Oh no, but it was it was great to listen to. I'll tell you <laughs> well, that. Much. It was very entertaining. But yeah, dude, I'm stuck in the. Uh, I just put out an episode on the the Balfour Declaration from the Palestinian perspective, I'm looking at the uh, expulsion of, of, of Jews throughout history, much like the Jesuits and kind of piecing things together to try and give people some background into this whole situation that's going on rather than doing what everybody else does and just talk about what's going on now. I'm trying to give a little background to it. So it's interesting. It's a crazy story, much like, you know, you dig into the Russia-Ukraine war. It's not as simple as you, Russian aggression. It has a history to it, and it goes back a long, long time. And you have to look at the whole picture to understand this. So uh, hopefully people listen to those. But other than that, I'm not doing anything. This is beautiful right now. It's Time's just flying, though. I was talking with Drew before this. It just seems like time is moving so fast i get something done next time i look up it's five hours later days are just flying by i mean we're a weekend in november already it's it's just you know crazy times but trying to stay productive winter is the easiest time to do shit around here because once it gets cold i'm not a snowbird by any means so i'll be indoors i'll be creating stuff so if anybody wants to get together and collaborate let me know I should have some time in December and January. So feel free to hit me up. Other than that, guys, I appreciate it as always. A blast. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Stay strong. Question everything. Are you working? What kind of work do you do? The first thing they want to do is they want to seize the narrative of history. You see that over and over again, whether it's Mao or Stalin or Hitler, Pol Pot, whoever it is, you take control of the narrative of history. That's very important. And that's what they're attempting to do here. Every nation in every region now has a decision to make. Either you are with us or you are with the terrorists. It's right fucking in front of us. Like, it's right there. We came, we saw, he died. <laughs> Damn, that's a cold-ass honky. These things are obvious, right? I, I don't run around saying, you know, I'm smarter than everybody when it comes to politics, or I'm even smart. The whole point of this show is that you don't have to be smart to see what's fucking wrong with our system. That's how messed up it is. Who has put pubic hair on my coat? Let me start off with two words. Made in America. Made in America. I gotta fart real bad and I gotta shit real bad and I'm afraid if I fart I'm gonna shit. Free fries when you get vaccinated? Um, I got vaccinated. You're saying I could get this? You delicious fries? Wait a minute. 
But there's also a, a burger element to this. I'm not retarded, but I like rocks. I said, we're leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> got fired. And they put in place someone who was solid. Listen, fuckhead. You have fucking crossed the line. Get that through your goddamn fucking head. I tell you, you take on the intelligence community. They have six ways from Sunday at getting back at you. So even for a practical, supposedly hard-nosed businessman, he's being really dumb to do that. It's bullshit. Oh, you can't shame them. You can't call them stupid. You can't call them silly. Yes, they are. In my line of work, you got to keep repeating things over and over and over again for the truth to sink in, to kind of catapult the propaganda. You sit on a throne of lies. And if you're going to infiltrate some cell somewhere, or a terrorist cell, you have to deal with People that are willing to betray their country, people that are willing to betray their friends, people that want money or other things, and it's not pleasant. You stupid, ignorant, son of a bitch, dumb bastard! Jesus Christ, I've met some dumb bastards in my time, but you outdo them all! What a shame that a few bad apples have to spoil a good time for everyone by breaking the rules. So, what do we do now? You guys want to smoke some drugs?